Welcome to the Happiness Podcast, brought to you by me, Mark Price, and my platform, Engaging Works, designed to help you be happier at work. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that we work. How being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can also transform an organisation. So my mission is to get the world a little bit happier at work. In doing so, I've created a happiness survey which measures and then compares to others how happy you are at work. It's free to take and you can find out about it at engaging.works. In the Happiness Podcast, I'll be speaking with people from all walks of life about how they work and their happiness at work. From people who have had career changes to entrepreneurs who have forged their own career paths. It's all about happiness and how we recognise this happiness at work and all get a little bit happier. I'm Lucy Kellaway and I'm a newly qualified teacher. I teach at a school in Hackney and I teach economics and business studies. And Lucy, before that, you were obviously a world-famous journalist. Don't know about world-famous. I was on the FT for 32 years and for the last 20 of those I was a columnist, mainly sort of making fun of managers really was what I specialised in. Very good. And um, so what decided you, after all that time, to leave journalism, where uh, you were incredibly good, to go to the world of teaching? It was just too long. I mean, 32 years with the same employer. It's too long. And also, you know, when we started out, I had this feeling that our careers maybe ended at about 60. But as I got closer and closer to that thing myself, I didn't feel anywhere near ready to stop working. I mean, quite apart from what the sort of financial implications of that would be, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to live for so long. I mean, my father had recently died, age 90, and he wasn't even in that great health. And, you know, I'm sort of rather expecting to live till I'm 100. So I feel I've got masses of time left. And I started to feel quite sort of evangelical about why on earth was it too late for me to learn to do something completely different. And why teaching? Well, I suppose there were a couple of things. First of all, um, my mum was a brilliant teacher. And I probably spent the first 30 years of my working life trying to be very unlike my mum. And then uh, the pull of mum was sort of bringing, bringing me back. But more immediately was my daughter, who had joined Teach First. And I realised in talking to her, really in the first term of her working life, that she was being more useful than I had sort of been in, you know, 30 years, really, helping these kids in very difficult schools. And I thought, if my mum can do it and my daughter can do it, maybe I can do it too. And so how was going back to school to qualify to be a teacher? Oh, it was absolutely horrendous. I mean, it was miles, miles hard. I mean, everyone says, oh, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And I knew that intellectually, but that's very, very different to actually doing it. Um, So how long did it take to qualify? Oh, so the training, the initial training is a year. So I started September before last and I qualified in in July. Uh, I'm now a newly qualified teacher. So I have sort of my training wheels on um, this year. Uh, and then we'll be and we'll be fully qualified after that. So, what was it like leaving a job where you were well established, uh, you had the t-shirts and the video, uh, to go to train to be a teacher to not be paid? I assume during that. Uh-uh. Period. No, no, you're very out of date. Um, the country is so desperate for teachers. 
um, that, that trainee teachers are paid. And so I was doing on the job training. So I was getting a bit over 20 grand a year, which was far less than I had been getting before. Um, I think, though, in answer to your question of what was it like, it was in part just thrilling and amazing because to learn to start all over again, you know, it was the most fabulous midlife crisis to have, to feel that, you know, my late 50s, I could be as if I was 22, learning something all over again. But it's easier in your late 50s than in your 20s because you know who you are, you're already quite confident. You know, there are things that make it easier. As far as sort of shedding uh, the sort of trappings of the FT, that was fine. I mean, I cycled past the FT building, I feel no regret at all. So that was easy. What, the thing that isn't easy is being very bad at something. And I was shockingly bad at the beginning, as practically everyone is. And I did find that quite hard, but I'm getting better, so it's... And, and when you look back at that time of being shockingly bad, what do you remember about being a particularly horrendous moment? Oh, well, every move I made was being supervised um, by my mentor, but also you're performing live in front of 32 kids who are not exactly a forgiving audience. So when in one lesson you've tried to write on the smart board with a felt pen, you have got into such a flap that you're getting your own sums wrong on the board. You have completely forgotten to, you know, give homework. You know, there are just so many different things, so many different ways that you can mess up. And when you're doing that with a sort of incredulous class and a supervisor at the back, it's excruciating. And so you had a mentor. Yeah, if you train on the job, the regular teacher of that class will generally be your mentor. You will be teaching the class, but they will be in the back. And at right. the end of the lesson, they will typically sit you down for a, uh, a slightly nightmarish session of WWW, which stands for what went well, and EBI, which really means sort of what you screwed up, but which means even better if. And my even better ifs were sort of 20 points long, you know, invariably. Um, and could you have done it without a mentor? Oh, um I mean, I suppose if you go into private schools, they just take people off the street and, and you can start treat, um, teaching. But, you know, th this is a regulated industry and you, if you're training in the schools, you really do need someone to show you how to do it. And being observed when you're teaching, although it's brutal, it's very useful because, you know, they tell you what you're doing wrong. And have you at any other points in your career had a mentor? Somebody who did your... Oh, I've had people who were sort of laughably called, I suppose I had... We didn't take it very seriously at the FT, but you know we had a few people who were laughably called mentors. You have a cup of tea with them every now and again. It was a, and I actually mentored a couple of people at the FT. I think I was useless to them. But we would you, would you be different now, having had that experience in your training with um, a mentor? No, because I think journalism and teaching are different. Yeah. I mean, in teaching, I really needed help on how to do it. Mm -hmm. So they were less mentor and more trainer. I mean, they were they were really helping me. Figure and in out your how young days as a journalist. Did you ever have a moment? It was sink or think, swim, I yeah. think. So you write your article, you know, if it gets torn to shreds and rewritten by the subs, I guess you notice, you learn from the changes that they've made. But no, I was entirely self-taught. Nobody ever. Mm. And maybe it's changing a bit, but, but no. But sink or swim in journalism is less bad. Because if you write something awful, it can just be spiked. But in teaching, 
you can't get your lesson back. It's all of it is live, so that makes it much more stressful. So do you feel under more pressure, teacher? Well, I often think about that. It's weird because the pressure is relentless. But I and people say teaching is very stressful. I think I'm less stressed than I used to be as a journalist because the stress of being sort of rated all the time, um, the terrible stress of making a mistake in print, the sort of, was that good enough? It's all very much about you and journalism. Mm -hmm. In teaching, you think, okay, wasn't world's best lesson. Actually, I'll just remember next time I'm teaching that subject, I won't do that. But, you know, so it, mm -hmm. it's one lesson after another. I don't feel... I feel much less hard on myself, really. I think I'm learning how to do this. I'm still quite new at it. That wasn't that great, but, you know, on we go. And after the world of journalism, what's the most liberating thing and what's the thing that you might miss most about that world in teaching? I think the, the most liberating thing is sort of... It's having it, it's just not about you. It's not about me teaching, and it is about the kids. And I really like being with the kids. The kids are absolutely great. So all the people who I've encouraged to um, uh, be teachers through Now Teach, the ones who are having a great time are the ones who really care about being with the kids. That is the most important thing. From journalism, I miss the adults. Actually, what I miss is there were some amazingly smart and funny people at the FT, and I miss gossiping with them. But that's the only thing I really, really miss. Okay. So um, so what we're going to do, Lucy, is the um, Workplace Happiness Survey. Yep. Uh, there are uh, 18 questions yep. and then a number of filter questions. And at the end of it, what we'll be able to do is compare... Uh, how happy you feel at work to others that look like you and globally. Oh, amazing. Um, question number one. Um, what does rewarded mean? Are we talking So do you financial? feel appropriately rewarded for your work? So yes, principally financial. Oh, no. Um, no, I think teachers are very, very underpaid. So if, if that's purely financial, I'm on a four there. Okay. Do you feel recognised when you do something well? Oh, God, this is going to be terrible. This is going to come out looking as if it's really bad. Because, well, again, recognised by my superiors, no. Not at all down there. But recognised by the pupils when you do something well. So it's sort of Let's, difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it is difficult. But I, I, I think this is more in the context... Um, of by the management of structure. Of by your management structure. So how do you feel about that? Well, actually, sometimes, yeah, maybe sort of five, maybe. Okay. So question number three, do you have enough information to do your job well? Yes, I think I do. And how does that yeah. compare to being a journalist? Better, I'd say. Because as a journalist, I was left, at my own I was left to my own devices, so I'd say I'm on an eight there. And, and just... Skipping back to the, the pay question, how, how does that get resolved? Because do you think all teachers feel the same, that the reward isn't appropriate for the contribution they I, make? I think that, that um, I'm very spoiled. So, I, of course, I think the teaching salary is measly because I was very well paid as a columnist. And so if I think of the number of hours I put in, sort of lazily tapping out a column and what I get, got paid for it, and then compare it to absolutely crucifying myself for uh, my full-time equivalent salary would be about 28 grand. That doesn't seem a lot of money to me. If I was 22, I'd probably feel differently about it. But, but even given that, teachers are still very underpaid for what they do and for how important it is. And what would be a fair level of pay? 
really hard to say, but I, I think for teacher for the gap to be so wide between teachers and other professional jobs is just not um, sort of not okay. So I, I would I think the teachers would really need to be paid quite a lot more to make their pay comp- I mean, but it's not going to happen because they're paid by the government they're public sector workers you know schools don't have enough money so it's sort of pie in the sky but teaching salaries are better than they were 10 years ago but I think there's still some distance to go and then on recognition you do as a marked contrast between what you said uh, you would get as recognition from your pupils and then recognition from the management yes. why, why do you think the management is so bad at recognising because the they're too busy. Teachers. They're teaching their own blinking classes. So they're not even in your class. So if there are sometimes when I do something, I think, oh, so good. I wish somebody had seen that. You know, in journalism, you get constant recognition because what you see is being read by everybody. In teaching, I, I, don't, I think schools aren't that good on giving you pats on the head, actually, because their focus isn't on you. Their, their focus is on the kids. Um, and... I think in some schools there's quite a lot of blame as well. You're having to sort of make sure the data matches with the performance of the, your classes. Um, so, no, I don't feel I'm being congratulated for being marvellous on a daily basis. But actually that is fine because... I mean, I say that in, in truthful on, uh, answer to your question, does it bother me? No, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, my bosses are teaching themselves they're far too busy. They just want me not to be a problem. And really, my reward and recognition has to come from the kids. And I can see if they're enjoying something that I'm doing. I can see if they're learning. And what might change to allow uh, your management to recognise your contribution when you do something well? Um, I I don't actually. Having this conversation, one thinks maybe I mark them too too meanly. Um, I think that that in most schools, that heads should spend more time saying thank you. You know, it's a cheap way of rewarding people. And they don't do that because they're mainly saying, why was nobody on the gate at 3.30? Because that matters too. Um, and so the pace of it makes it sort of difficult to stand back and say, thank you, but I think they could do more of that. I think that, 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 that most private sector jobs have got a lot better at sort of soft, motivational stuff, and I think schools are lagging a bit. Okay. So question number four, do you feel information is openly shared with you at work? Um... I think schools are quite hierarchical and they need to be. So we were just discussing earlier, I mean, I think that if, if there's something that is a problem with a kid has come up and that kid is in my class, I probably won't be told because the school believes, I think almost certainly rightly, it's better I don't know because I can teach that kid my subject better if I'm not worrying about some horrendous... You know, so, mm. so is all information openly shared? No, it's not. Um, but actually, I think that's completely fine. And is the sum that you think would be beneficial to be shared with you? Um, no, I think it's a machine. I understand where my place is in the machine, and I think I am given the information that I need in order to do that job. I'm not running the school. I don't need to know I'd love to know because I'm a massive gossip, but, you know, who's about to resign, who's going to take over? No, I don't know that. And things like budgets, what the budget position is, what actions going to need to be taken. No idea. No idea. So I'm a very, very... Well, you see, the other thing is I'm a very junior member of staff, and this will probably make me very different to the other people who are doing your survey. So I am at trainee level, so that most of the people 
who would have that same amount of information as me are 22 or 3. So my expectation is that I'm right at the top, I know everything that's happening, which I more or less did at the FT. Now I don't really know anything, but I think that's okay. It's not going in the way. Okay. So do I feel, is it openly shared with me? Mm, not particularly, but I'm not unhappy about, you know, so, so okay. I think I'm probably on a five. Okay. Uh, do you feel empowered to make decisions? Uh, do I feel empowered to make decisions? I can make decisions about what I teach up to a point. Um, I need to teach the curriculum, so I'm in a very regulated industry. So yes and no, I, I, I have to follow school process, I have to teach the curriculum. But within that and during the 55 minutes of my lesson, I can pretty much teach it how I like, although the kids need to be making progress. So what does that what does that come out as? I mean, I couldn't say right. Um, I don't want the kids to be following the behaviour policy of the school, or I'm going to change the, those rules. I couldn't say that because you know I have to subscribe to the overall thing. So I think I think I'm gonna. I'm afraid I'm on a five again. <laughs> right? Uh, Am I trusted to make decisions? You see, again, it's the same thing. This is going, I, see, I think this is going to be extraordinary because none of these... I'm, I'm... Okay, next question, number seven. Do, do I have the have resources, resources I need? Yes, I do. To do your job? Yes. So what would you score yourself for resources? So resources, I mean, the, the, the school provides lots of resources. There are lots more resources online. Um, there are textbooks. There are people to ask. There are other people's lessons to observe. There's all of that. I'd say I'm a nine on that. And resources in the context of uh, people, money? I'm in a relatively rich school. Although the intake is very deprived, it's an academy school, it's well-funded. If I want to do a bit more photocopying, no one says you can't do that. I did buy my own treasury tax the other day, but that was just because there weren't any in the stationery cupboard. So, but yeah, I'd say okay. nine. I'm fine on resources. Do you feel that your views are heard at work? So again, this is difficult because they're not asking. Well, actually, sometimes the head does ask what I think about something because I'm so old. But generally, they're not asking what I think about things because why would they? Um, they've got a whole senior structure. Uh, my maths colleagues definitely listen to my views, which are mainly scurrilous. I, uh, I think about six on that, probably. And were your views listened to more at the FT? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. But then they ought to have been listened to at the FT. I was there for 32 years. So, you know, I was a senior member of staff at the FT. So do you think, therefore, uh, being provocative, that only if you're senior, your view should be heard? I think... No, I don't think that entirely, but I don't think I can march into a completely new profession with no experience of classrooms, no understanding of how children learn, no ideas about the reality of a school, and say, right, well, I think we should do it like this, and then get furious if people just think I'm interfering. So, uh, you know, I think, I think there will come a time when I would expect my views to be heard, and that time might be quite soon, but I don't particularly at the moment. And I think if I did have something that I really wanted to say, I would march in and say it, definitely. And how about younger teachers who've come from university straight in? How do you think they might feel about their views being listened to or not? I think schools are astonishingly hierarchical. 
and in a way that those hierarchies were uh, abolished in the private sector a long time ago. Mm. Um, and most of the teachers put up with it because they come straight out of university, they don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. And because also people leave so much in teaching, the, the, the young juniors of 22 can be very senior by 26 or 7. So is your view that teaching is better or less good as a consequence of that higher, rigid hierarchy? Oh, goodness. I mean, I think there are probably some reasons why it has to be like that. There's no time for long meetings. There's no time to consult everyone in the staff. You know, the gates are opening to the kids in five minutes. Everyone has a full teaching day. Everyone's got a lot of marking to do. So you sort of need to... The flat structures take a lot more time, really. Um, and so I, can, I think there are reasons why it is as it is. It's quite shocking if you come from the corporate world. Well, would so. you liberate it any, having come from the corporate world? Yes, I think I probably would a bit. I probably would a bit. But, it's very, but the other thing is it's very different school from school. So if I think of the other people who have come through now teach, most of them are quite critical of their school, um, of the, of their school management because most of them have worked in, the, in senior jobs in the private sector. Mm. And they're shocked by how hierarchical it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I'm late for a duty, I do get told off as if I was five years old. Okay. Uh, the next question, do you feel the organisation cares for your well-being? I think I'm on five again on that. I mean, life will go on for my school if I leave. And because the turnover of teachers is so rapid, it's just built into the system. I mean, you know, my school's a very good school and 25% of teachers will probably leave this year. Wow. Um, and that's absolutely normal for London teachers. Mm. Um, so because they know none of us are going to stay that long, they're not massively, they're not trying to be horrible to me or horrible to any of us, but caring for my well-being is not top of their priority list. they're caring for the kids' well-being. Okay. Do you rarely feel depressed or anxious at work? I never feel depressed at, at work. Um, Sometimes I feel anxious. Yeah, I think I'm going for nine on that. And the times that you do feel slightly anxious, what, what is it that drives that? Oh, it's just thinking, oh my God, um, I've forgotten to print out the um, handouts for this lesson. Oh God, I've, and I've got to be in the room in three minutes. What am I going to do? Okay, so I haven't got the hand. Can they copy? It's that. Mm. And so that's a sort of livable with anxiety. I think the more amorphous anxieties are harder to cope And what with. might it have been at the EFT? It was a creeping, gnawing all the time anxiety. So that I fare miles better than... I mean, I think that all of these results are flipped from my new job to my old one. Do I feel I'm doing something worthwhile? Ten on that, definitely. Okay. Do you feel proud to work for your organisation? Ten. Uh, how likely are you to recommend your friends and family to work at your... Well, I mean, that's hilarious. I've set up a whole charity to encourage the whole world to become teachers. So, and your um, daughter does. And my daughter does. So, so, you know, the point of Now Teach was to get older professionals like me to become teachers. That's what I've done. Um, so I'm not getting them into my school, but if we interpret that more widely, I'm on 10 on that as well. Okay. Do you feel that you are treated with respect? Um, yeah, weirdly, I'm treated with respect by the kids, which is remarkable. Am I treated with... Yes, with the staff. Yes, I am. I think I'm treated with respect. So, so eight or nine? Nine, yeah. Nine? Okay. Yeah. Do you enjoy your job? Yes, ten. 
do you feel that you have a good relationship with your line yeah, manager? Yeah, my immediate line manager, yes, I do, Ten. He's absolutely great. Have you ever had an occasion where you haven't? Yes. And how was that? Difficult. Difficult. How did you resolve it? Sort of minimising contact, I think. Minimising contact, trying not to sort of, trying to sort of steer clear when things were okay. getting a bit tricky. Do you feel that you're being developed? Uh, yes, definitely. Cause I, well, that, but that's um, because uh, I'm at the very beginning, but yes. Okay, 10 for that. Uh, am I happy at work? Yes, happy at 10. Work? Uh, yes, I am happy. Okay. Now we ask you uh, what three changes uh, uh, you would make to improve your workplace happiness. Yeah, I think, more I think more recognition. I think more flexibility. I mean, that's only possible up to a point. Um, and see, some of the things just aren't possible, you know, they just aren't possible within the context of a school. So what, what have we got? We've got more recognition, more flexibility. I mean, my, my workplace of happiness isn't affected by money at all, so I've got an FT pension. So, but I think for teachers generally... Uh, Less admin. How did you find the marking? I was through it very quickly and feel a bit guilty about that. I think, should I, do I owe it to every child to spend more time poring over their books as my mum used to do? And then I think that there have been so many studies done saying this isn't a brilliant use of your time. Mm. So I do, and then write a couple of corrections and then done, next. Um, but yeah, it still takes ages. It still takes ages. You've got and, 32 books to do. And do you have a view on the, the government's approach to GCSEs and how they've changed over the last few years? It's great that they've got a bit harder. Um, I absolutely hate the way that we all teach to the exam. And I don't blame schools for that. And we're probably doing the kids a favour by doing it because the exams really matter to them. But it means that the quality of their education is really, really damaged because you're thinking, nah, it's not on the curriculum, it won't come up in the exam, I'm not going to teach it. And that's awful. So with what you know now, if you were Secretary of State for Education, and probably teachers would say, oh gosh, not another change, but what, what would you I, change? I, I don't know. And again, that's saying that, you know, you probably do have to have some sort of exam. Um... I think I might try and make the exams more general and more surprising so that it's not possible for the kids to have spent three years learning the curriculum and therefore get a level nine. It's not a memory test. It's not a memory test, mm. I okay. think. So, what we do, so you've answered all the questions now. What we do now is we go through the filters and what we'll be able to do then is compare you to other okay. people that you. Right. So, but uh, I'm gonna throw, I bet you I'm going to throw the, throw the stats out badly. Yes, female, we can agree on that. Um, age range is 55 to 64, non-management, uh, so you haven't got, <laughs> uh, no, we've got, um, have we got teaching which it? job from this list most reflects what you do? Other. Yeah, other's fine, because here it does have education. Okay, education. Okay. Which country do you live in? United Kingdom? Yeah. And we've got the survey taken in 132 countries around the world. Oh, wow. So this gives us teachers, not just in the UK, oh, but okay, in great. every country. So Your ethnicity. Right. And now you get the results. And it typically takes about 10 seconds. 
I imagine that my results will be very strange because of the business of being very junior in a very hierarchical industry that you come into very late in life. Well, but I, I know the results for education, so but oh, I won't you? tell you until right. they come up. And the results for education will generally be very poor. You, I think yours will be very close to the norm for education. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So your workplace happiness, uh, Lucy Calloway, is 756 out of 1,000. Right. The global average is 654. Yeah. And for people like you in teaching your age... It's 610. Yeah, so I, I would expect to be considerably better. You are happier. I, I, I would expect to be considerably happier than most teachers because I've, I've only been doing it for a very small amount of time um, and I've come in very enthusiastic about it because I'm trying to persuade other people to do it and all of that. Um, and if you scroll down, these okay. are the areas where you score highest uh, and least highest. So your lowest score is in reward and recognition. Yep. And I think, as That's, we know, yeah. teachers feel that they are uh, rewarded less well than they should be and recognised yep. less well. Uh, your next lowest there is empowerment, uh, yep. which is 50. And they both score red. Um, yep. So uh, those are the two areas that you drew out when we were chatting about yep. where teachers have um, yep. less control. Uh, next is well-being, uh, yep. where you're amber at 70. And then information sharing, where you're amber at 73. Yeah. The two areas, and this is um, consistent for all teachers, uh, a sense of pride in what they do, yeah. 100%, and also job satisfaction yeah. because of the satisfaction yeah. you draw from the children and what you're doing. Did some of these weight higher than others or not? No. No, you get, they all have equal weighting. So they all yeah. have equal weighting on, on the schools mm. that they have. But what they point out is um, those areas where you are most and least mm. happy today. Mm. And if you were to look at the numbers that came from teachers that have probably been uh, a little while in the profession, it mm. would mirror this, but the scores would be lower. Mm. Um, so the real question is, if you are going to improve the engagement of teachers and the happiness of teachers, it's pretty clear the areas it where is clear. you should be focusing yes, attention. it is pretty clear. It really is pretty clear. And then what you get next... <laughs> you go down is that we have a well-being assessment so mm. based on the questions you've asked what it does is it scores your well-being at work uh, and you're well above the global average mm. on that score if you scored poorly on this uh, you would be taken to do the uh, NHS uh, well-being test oh, okay. um, yeah. and then that would give you advice on what you should do we then have um, what we call the stickiness matrix, and what that shows is how um, likely you are uh, to uh, stay where you're working mm. or leave. And you can see on one attribute you're above the global score, but on another uh, you're below it. Yeah. But broadly speaking, you're yeah. happy what you're doing and you're going to stay in your role. Uh, the next we get is whether you're an apostle or an anarchist. <laughs> and there's no doubt, Lucy Galloway, you are an apostle for people going into teaching <gasps> yep. uh, and helping yep. children. You are uh, almost off the chart <laughs> and well above the average. And then the last uh, matrix we have is around career development and whether you feel you're being uh, developed mm. in your career. And again, there, you're the very highest that you could yep. be, as you said, you feel that you're being developed. So on this basis, what this is saying is that you are happier than other teachers. Uh, there are a couple of areas yeah. in an ideal world where a mm. little bit more uh, by way of empowerment and by way mm. of reward and recognition would make you 
uh, feel even more engaged in, mm. in your workplace. Mm. Um, so thank you very much for taking the test. Not at I, all. I've, I've got two questions for you uh, to finish. The first is, uh, which song makes you feel happiest? Oh, gosh. Um, well, actually, there was a song that a school kid sang in Black History Month, which is a very, very cheesy song. It's by John Legend, and it's called All of Me. And she sang it better than he did does I think um, and she just sang it so beautifully uh, really really beautifully I sometimes listen to him as a second best and it reminds me of her doing it cause all of me loves all of you love your curves and all your edges all your perfect imperfections give your And my last question is, uh, if you could nominate one person to take this survey, this happiness mm. survey, who would you nominate? Mm. I think Theresa May, probably. Had two absolutely brutal defeats, but still hanging on in there. To know how happy she really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Or how desperate she really is, to put it rather more negatively, yeah. Uh, Lucy Calloway, thank you very much indeed for your time. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, a renowned uh, journalist and then moving uh, to teaching um, and setting up Now Teach. And I hope that having listened to this podcast, more people are inspired to follow your path. Thank you very much. I hope so too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And again, if you want to take control of your workplace happiness, go to engaging.works and take the free happiness survey. See you next time.